Hello and welcome to What a World Podcast, uh, the podcast hosted by me, Randall Thomas. Uh, I want to thank everybody who's been listening. I see some people from uh, a lot of people from my hometown and California and the UK and Canada and Ireland. Hello, what's going on? Um, if you guys have any feedback or just want to talk to me, go ahead and get in contact. Uh, all the social media stuff is all up there. Or you can go directly to my website at whataworldpodcast.com. Um, if you do go to the website, uh, there will be a prompt to sign up for my email list and you will automatically get my three minutes less stress meditation, which is something that I developed, uh, as a young professional in a new field, but I wrote that down and am giving it to you for free. So with that said, I want to introduce this episode, which is dear to my heart because uh, this is one of my mentors and a good friend who helped me develop as a producer and a writer and uh, just in general as a person. Uh, he's got some great stories, uh, some anecdotes about Hollywood, about the music industry, about horse wrangling, um, all sorts of things. He is a awesome, awesome person. So I wanted to share some of his stories with you guys and his humor and just who he is. Uh, so that uh, brings me to the episode. So it is my pleasure to introduce to you Grady Walker. Um, I would usually do like an intro and stuff. I don't know if you want to hear anything that you've done. <laughs> <laughs> you can, you can do that if you want to. And then, okay, if I can't stand it, I'll go in the other room. All right, fine, we'll do that then. Um, so I'm sitting here with Grady Walker. He is a musician, a songwriter, a professional engineer, and studio manager. He's an XPBBA bucking bronco rider, a horse wrangler, and a professional actor. He has a wealth of information and anecdotes about the entertainment industry and one of my personal mentors and a very good friend. Welcome, Grady. <laughs> Thanks. That was almost right. Almost, the, yeah. <laughs> what's wrong about that? But the, it's PRCA. P- uh, okay, PRCA. Yeah. 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 Well, I can, Just whatever. little yeah. difference. What does PRCA stand for? Professional Rodeo Cowboys Association. Okay, I thought you did the bucking bronco stuff, too. Well, I rode saddle bronc courses. Which is horses with a saddle on them. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, there's three rough stock events, bareback riding, saddle bronc riding, and bull riding. I rode saddle bronc horses. Okay. And and that's the crazy horses that are, like, jumping around. And... They want to buck you off, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what's, the, what's the goal in that? Uh, to ride them. To not die? Kind of and, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you try not to think about that. I guess that... It's in the back of your mind, maybe, but yeah, you want to. The first goal is to get him rode for eight seconds, and then okay. the next is to ride him better than anybody rode theirs, and have him buck better than the other guy's horses bucked, and okay. then you win, and you win some money, and then you go to the next rodeo, and you go to the next rodeo. That's right. <laughs> um, what was it? What was that like? Just hanging out with the rodeo type guys seems like kind of you have to be rough and tumble to some level. Well, probably to some level, and you do get a mentality, you know, that you can do this and you're tough enough to do this, and it's not always the most uh, 
flattering <laughs> way to carry yourself probably but yeah. you uh yeah you do kind of develop a you kind of have to an attitude you have to yeah. develop that mentality because if you think you can't do something well that's exactly true and, that, and we've talked about that as far as music goes yeah. you know it's if you if you think you can't hit that note guess what you're yeah. not going to hit you're it not gonna do it. <laughs> and the same thing with with rodeo and uh if you don't think you can ride that horse or ride that bull you're not going to yeah now you may think you can and you still don't but, yeah. <laughs> but you're definitely not if you don't think you can yeah. so you have to develop that that i can ride anything and uh and maintain it yeah <laughs> and it's yep and when you get you know thrown on the ground pretty hard trying to catch your breath it's hard to keep that thought <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> but you do uh, so you also did a uh, horse wrangling in hollywood right I wrangled some in the motion picture business, uh, which is basically you're just taking care of the horses when you, that you see in the background or in the movies, somebody's riding or driving them. Yeah. Wranglers are the guys that actually take care of them, bring them to the set and saddle them and make them ready. Keep them under wraps, kind of. Like. Um, so did you did you start doing that before you was you were doing music, or what, what came first? Oh, wow. it's it's That's kind of hard to to say my dad was a musician but my dad was also a cowboy and did all that stuff so i was kind of in it all my whole life music was always around me my dad had a studio when i was a kid in hollywood okay uh but he was a cowboy when he was a kid i mean a working cowboy and then he went to hollywood back in the heyday of the western movies and yeah. worked on a lot of those western movies as an extra and whatever else doing little bit parts and stuff Nice. And got all us kids into the business. Yeah, so, so it kind of started a dynasty of a... Yeah, well, sort of. Was that in a, a way. Short one. <laughs> a short one, yeah. Was, <laughs> so do you, you had uh, two brothers that were yeah. also doing that stuff? Yeah, yeah Rock and Greg. Uh, Rock was uh, president of the Stuntman's Association for a few years. Okay. And Greg has been a second unit director and stunt coordinator for years. Okay. They uh, both excelled. Yeah, <laughs> a, despite you. Or... Despite me, they excelled, and uh, I got to benefit from that. Some, you know, but yeah. Well, you worked. I, on... I was never really my my goal. Uh, I probably never really had a goal, but that wasn't yeah. one of them. Okay. <laughs> well, if you if you were to try and identify a goal, what kind of goal did you have back then? Um. Uh, yeah, it, uh, boy, that's a tough one. Just partying. I, just partying, probably, <laughs> back then. No, I think at one time, you know, if, if I wanted to do well rodeoing. I yeah. gave that a little bit of a shot. Uh, and then music was, has always been there. I, I played music even back then. Uh, just wanted to be able to play music and make a living doing that, really. Yeah. Probably if I ever had a goal, that was it. And Be able to do music. Luckily, yeah. I, that did kind of come true. Yeah, that worked out. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you uh, you are basically a uh, you're the house engineer and basically a studio manager over here at a semi-private studio. Yeah, uh, exactly. I uh, doing less and less engineering. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's what I've done for years to keep the electricity turned on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, doing lots of demos and some record stuff, but yeah, you know, just whatever I could get. Um, did you meet your wife when you were doing music? Yes. Okay, so you met... I had actually had just 
basically, as it turned out, just basically quit rodeoing just prior to that. Okay. And uh, a guy by the name of Bob Metzger uh, was putting together a little band to play something and he hired me to play bass and Kathy was the singer. Good. And that's where we first met and then ended up becoming a band and figuring a good way to keep your job is marry the boss. So <laughs> <that's> what... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, we were talking the other day about uh, you were working on Universal Studios and some of the things that you got into going around there. <laughs> um, <laughs> did they have the Jaws set up back then? Yeah. They did. They uh, what well, they yeah way back then <laughs> yeah way back then. well way back they didn't and then now, of course after Jaws they <laughs> yeah. they did the Jaws set so that what? was pretty pretty cool. They had a bunch of those sets the that I guess the tram would somehow trigger them and. Yeah. So uh, a friend of mine and I were messing around. We were working on uh, something, alias Smith and Jones or something, and he rode his horse over to a certain spot and actually caused the flood to happen. <laughs> where the, okay, yeah, the <laughs> the spot in a Universal Studios. Yeah, where they... exactly. He, he triggered that and <laughs> scared us both. But, yeah, yeah but, I've only seen that once. I went and did the the ride thing, and they showed the whole flood thing yeah. happen, and it's like, wow, that is a lot of water yeah. in California. <laughs> yeah, and then they just pump it all back and do it all over Yeah, again. well, that's kind of gross. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you probably wouldn't want to get in that water. But... No. So uh, you did a lot of Western work. Um, you did you did a horse wrangling, and you also did some acting, didn't you? Uh, very little. I did some. You yeah. Know, some they went that away type of lines yeah you know? uh mostly uh would be part of the posse or uh you know, that sort of yeah. thing and you had a part uh how, what was it blazing saddles <laughs> yeah I, I did you would never see me i did work on that uh yeah. are you thinking of everything you wanted to know about sex with uh, Woody no. Allen, or what happened with that? But that was <laughs> the only one I that I remember not particularly wanting to tell anybody. Uh, I was one of the sperm. If you've ever seen the movie, it, okay, we uh, bailed out of the end there with our little parachutes. <laughs> nice. Okay. Yeah, it's probably the first time I've admitted that. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds familiar. Uh, uh, did you get to meet Woody Allen? He was there. I didn't necessarily meet him meet him but yeah, yeah we were all there and he's pretty funny yeah obviously every time they'd do the scene he'd run off a different set of lines and that, that you know it was hard not to laugh to stand there and yeah just you know <laughs> be serious um and you also did something in the newsies yeah i worked on newsies uh i, I wrangled some on that but i worked in the picture also i was drove uh the news wagons Okay. They're, they're in almost every shot, you know. Uh, yeah. I was one of the guys driving the the wagons. Nice. And other things, carriages and stuff up and down the New York street with all the people and stuff. It was yeah. It was a good job. So did you have uh, any sort of mentor w uh, with music or with uh, acting? Not so much with acting. I mean, there's just a lot of people. Uh, music my dad played of course uh so he would have been but actually speaking i mean probably mike probably michael mcdonald more than anybody yeah. you know he uh definitely gave me opportunities i wouldn't have had otherwise yeah uh so yeah i guess that would probably be be about it i guess yeah 
And so just to clarify, you are married to Michael McDonald's older sister or sister. <laughs> hey, you said it. I'm not, I'm not. It's just a sister. Yeah, you, that's you won't. <laughs> don't be expected to get an invite for Thanksgiving dinner. I tell you that. <laughs> I screwed it up. Yep. <laughs> you can hit it again if you want. To. Yes, I'm married to Mike's sister. Uh, I'm, yeah, I nothing. I'm nothing like her. We're exact opposites when it comes to that. <laughs> well, I mean, that's probably a good thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or literally nothing would get that. Right. <laughs> but I do it so well. Just with the, it feels so good. Yeah. <laughs> There's a, there is a nice feeling when you can go, I just got out of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is there a point in your life that you can identify as like one of the major paradigm shifts in your life where like something has happened that like just totally changed your view on the world there may have been a few of them but moving to nashville probably was a huge change and a huge yeah different outlook on everything uh yeah because i basically quit working in the motion picture business and uh came down here and uh really got into music and doing that's all I did. So, yeah. uh, I, that would that would be the big change. That's when it, if anything, lined out. That's when it really lined out. I was kind of like we're talking, jumping back and forth between music and the working in the movies and going to rodeos and doing that sort of thing. Came here and it pretty much started dedicating myself to trying to write and yeah. learn how to engineer and do that sort of thing. So uh, my dad had a studio in Hollywood back okay. in the 60s and early 70s. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like anything, you don't pay enough attention when you're a kid. But yep. some of it rubbed off and uh, always had that interest in it. Always fascinated me. And okay. What, uh, so what age did you come over here to Nashville? Uh, just after the Stone Age. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How old I was probably late thirties. Okay. Somewhere like that, I think. Still a youngin. <laughs> yeah. Well yeah. Um if there was a story that stuck out of your mind about your Hollywood days, um oh, <laughs> like what just came to your mind? <laughs> a blank, actually. Oh yeah. <laughs> Mel blank. Mel blank came to my mind. Oh it was just uh couple things uh, and people probably don't even know who this is but I was sitting there outside a the stage one day and the guy comes walking up and he's got on a flannel shirt and Levi's and looks like a grip yeah. and he asked me if I knew where the bathroom was and I tell him yeah and he goes down I guess uses the bathroom when he comes back he stops and we just talk you know about whatever he leaves and somebody comes up to me and says you know Danny Kay I'm like no and was Danny Kay, who was an old song and dance guy, huge star, okay. like Just, a vaudevillian. But yeah, but I probably came out of vaudeville and then did all those old musicals during the '40s and stuff. <laughs> and uh, but you, you run into people like that all the time, and not you wouldn't think anything about it. Yeah, you know? it's kind of how Nashville used to be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was standing in front of uh, CBS one day. Uh, I might have had an interview or something. I was standing in front of the building, and a limo pulls up and. Uh, Guy gets out, man, and it's Fred Astaire. Wow. And uh, my jaw must have hit the ground because he, like, did a double take looking at me and finally says, well, how you doing? And I'm like, okay, okay. That's one of the few times I actually felt starstruck. Yeah. 
Wow, that's wow. quite a stare. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so you talked a little bit before about um, Charles Bronson. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, was there a story there about uh, there's something there? What What was that? <laughs> well, I was standing in, and uh, as a stand-in, you watch the rehearsals, and you see what the actor does, and then you repeat that. So they can set the camera moves and set the lights and stuff so the actor doesn't have to keep doing the scene over and over again. Well, uh, the when they the first scene they did, it's sort of a small office and the, the cameraman tells me I can't come in and watch. He'll tell me what, what to do. Okay. So uh, I do what they tell me. We, you know, do set get the lights set and everything for the scene. Uh, Charles Bronson comes in and goes through his act doing the doing the scene and he gets to a desk and bends over real low on the desk out of the key light and they have to cut it and he wants to know why and uh they tell him you know lighting problem blah blah, blah. so he turns around and balls me out for not watching the rehearsal <laughs> okay so the next one f them i'm gonna stay in here and watch the rehearsal yeah so i watched the rehearsal and uh he comes running up to the door and stops briefly at the door and then goes about his business. Uh, and I stop at the door and the cameraman tells me, don't stop there. He doesn't stop there. And I go, no, he stopped here. <laughs> anyway, long story short. So we do it the way the cameraman said to do it. Uh, they come in, same deal. He gets to that spot and stops and they have to cut it because the camera's moving and the lights and da, 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 da. Uh, he just turns around and fires me right on the spot. He says, you're through. Get off the set or whatever the hell he said to me. Good for me. I was ready to go anyway. Yeah. So I handed, but you get a voucher to prove you worked. I handed it to the first assistant left. Uh, well, as I'm going to the car, the cameraman gets some conscience and tells him that that was his fault, that I actually had tried to get him to stop and blah, 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 whatever. So, uh, the uh, one of the assistant directors come running after me and asked me to come back to work and uh, I didn't. Uh, I had had they didn't pay enough to put up with that time, stuff. Joe. The chuckles was just more than I needed every day. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, when I got the job, I was taken in to the production office and was told that not I don't speak to Mr. Bronson unless he speaks to me first, and that was the way it was with everybody on the set. Uh, Unless he spoke to you, you didn't, you didn't, uh, you didn't talk to him. Wow. So that was pretty weird. And uh, one day my dad comes to visit, visit me on the set, and uh, Charles Bronson sitting there in the doorway of this big stage, just sitting there in his chair, kind of sitting himself and reading. My dad walks in and says, hey, how you doing? Charles Bronson says, good. They talk, and even my dad got to think, oh, I'm fired now for sure. <laughs> well, I did end up getting fired later, but that... <laughs> uh, he didn't, my dad had a way. He didn't seem to mind that, but I'd have got fired in a heartbeat. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I just got I just got reminded of uh, you worked with. Uh, I forgot his name. Uh, Kung Fu guy. Uh, David Carradine. David Carradine. Yeah. David's. Yeah. Uh, uh, was he in? He seems like he was probably an interesting guy. He was. He was eccentric. Yeah. But he was really a nice guy. Uh, he, uh, you hear a lot of stories of the fights he had with the, with the 
Warner Brothers and all that. But that was really his fights was with the uh, powers to be. Uh, okay. The average guy working on the set, he was great. He had no problems. He was always good. He was, you know, he was just David Carradine. He was Kung Fu the star, but he uh, he was nice. He wasn't. Yeah, he was. I like David. He was yeah. a good guy. Uh, it's a shame what happened, but he uh, was just eccentric. And, yeah, uh, <laughs> he did get in trouble. You know, he had a, he had a few demons that got away from him from time to time. Yeah, you have any uh, fond memories of him, or just in general, just working with him? Well, I good? actually played in a band with him for for a little bit, uh, and we did. Uh, we actually didn't do very much. We played a little bit. Uh, David was a little too freelance to have a band. Yeah, uh, he uh, so it was a little hard, and so we'd get up and play a couple songs with him, and then let him do his thing and. Okay. Then we'd play some more and say good night. Yeah. But uh yeah, that was that was literally a trip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were supposed to go to uh oh, now I can't remember some South American country to play and uh the road manager come in with this clipping in the newspaper where they just jerked a folk singer off the stage and cut all his fingers off because oh. they didn't like what he was playing oh, no. and we all said we're not going no nope, not gonna do that nope. <laughs> now, now you're on your own on this one we're uh <laughs> you're gonna pass <laughs> oh, he ever teach you any moves no no uh i did work on it quite a bit my brother was the coordinator on that was a stunt coordinator on uh, Kung Fu yeah. so I got to work on it quite a bit uh, they had a Kung Fu master that that actually knew all the stuff and he would translate it and try to get it moves similar to what he was doing you yeah know? and uh, at least at that time David wasn't a Kung Fu master yeah yeah <laughs> takes a lot of time to yeah do that yeah uh, but they had some really good ones on the show. Like some real masters. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever meet any of those guys? Yeah. And yeah. Like, they get weird vibes from them. Like, no, <laughs> not no. weird, but like knew that you probably didn't want to try to sneak up on them. Or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I met a few people like that. <laughs> and I can't, they, they had, uh, they had, uh, two different guys that worked and I, I can't remember. I wish I could remember his name. Uh, but I asked him one day, I said, what is your favorite martial arts weapon? And he said, a thirty-eight. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he says, yeah, you can shoot them from across the street. You don't have to get close. And I had never thought about it that way, but yeah, it's a martial. <laughs> it's a martial weapon. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so your, would you say your main instrument is bass? Yeah. Yeah, that's what, when I was playing clubs and stuff, that's what I played uh was bass i play a little guitar yeah. and even less piano yeah and uh that's about that yeah but, uh, to when i was trying to work i was playing bass okay is there a gig that you can think of that was like just the worst oh uh yeah probably i <laughs> <laughs> probably could uh god we played some we we played some pretty Pretty honky honky tonks. Yeah, uh, I don't know if this was even the worst one, but uh, we were playing this club and uh, 
and during the break we uh we go outside we were gonna take a little puff and uh with some cops parked across the street so we think well that's probably not a good idea so even a worse idea we get in the car <laughs> and uh decide that we'll just take a little cruise and we'll come back sure. and uh so we take the little cruise and we come back as we come back the cops are leading the last person out of the bar they they'd come in and arrested everybody in the bar what? and uh i guess they'd served and served a minor or something and uh. Uh, yeah they didn't arrest the band okay but uh <laughs> that was that was pretty well i say everybody there might have been 15 people in the whole bar yeah. but they were all uh too drunk to be in public so they yeah, were all okay Yep. So got arrested for drunk in public in. and the Ooh. bar owner got arrested for serving a minor and it was just oh, that sucks. they let us get our stuff out <laughs> <laughs> still look at me man i'll get my stuff and leave yeah no kidding <laughs> so that one was a bit of a shocker yeah well, i mean i guess you had another shocker didn't uh, one of the clubs you uh, had uh, played in got shot up or something yeah uh we uh pull up to the club and there's cops everywhere and uh i pull around to the back and park my van in a in the back parking lot and we go inside and there, there's a police officer on the wall where the bandstand is checking the wall out and uh kathy said something about oh you think the bullets would have come in here and he says i know they would have if they were using still casings or whatever he was talking about yeah. uh there had been a fight in the bar just before we got there and the bar and the uh, the bouncer threw the guy out, and when the guy hit the ground, he pulled a gun out and shot the bouncer, uh, and I guess a bunch of shots, and he took off. The and it the bouncer was critically injured. He lived, but he was hurt pretty bad. Yeah. So uh, they don't catch the guy that night anyway, and when we're all done uh, packing up that night, I I parked behind the the club where I never parked. And I'm back in the car up thinking, man, they never caught that guy. He could be around here. And about that time, my rear window of my van just explodes, blows out. And I'm like, oh, no. And I throw it and drive, and I take off <laughs> 100 miles an hour. I realize I had backed into a wall and, and <laughs> knocked my window out of my car. Uh, but I was sure the guy was shooting at me. I thought, there he is. He's back here. He's back for me. <laughs> Yeah. So that was that was uh, not a good night. <laughs> yeah, well, it was probably a little bit of alcohol. And, I uh, had a little bit of alcohol and uh, <laughs> had to get a new door put on the van. And... <laughs> <laughs> but you told everybody, I swear, he was shot at me. It was, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Oh. I didn't well, back in anything. <laughs> he shot at me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how it bent that door like that. But... <laughs> yeah, right, hit the edge of the the wall just right oh man yeah that's scary just, yep i uh, thought he had me for sure yeah <laughs> and all the glass came inside the van you know so it's like oh shit. <laughs> i know that feeling I, I was in east nashville one time uh trying to i was knocking on a buddy's door and i heard like a pop sound mm. and then right next to me i saw a branch fall Oh. and uh, realized that somebody had shot I don't know if they were shooting at me or because it, it was kind of like a, a little bit of a delay so I don't know if it was a stray bullet but I I hit the deck and went over to the other side and was yeah. like dude I'm leaving peace yeah. out <laughs> yeah, you're just as dead one way or the other I mean yeah 
hopefully it was i mean not anything but hopefully it was a stray bullet and they weren't yeah i don't know what was going on with that still don't know who knows yeah <laughs> i just left as soon as i could so working on that cheech and chong uh movie we worked down in uh, east la and we our call times were after sunrise and we had to be out before sundown because it was such a gang infested area where was that at uh east la and i uh, okay. don't remember the exact yeah. deal but uh they had got permission from the local gangs that they'd leave us alone while we worked and uh oh, that's crazy but we had to be out before sundown every yeah. day we were there for i don't know a week or something but yeah. you'd go in late calls and got out early Dang. that was fine with me made me nervous knowing that there was that type of gang activity that yeah well, they got to make their money at some point. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I, I assume that's exactly right. Their company probably paid them all. Yeah, pretty good chunk to leave yeah, us alone. Probably. Um, do you have some uh, kind of a similar experience with uh, in Louisiana or uh, with witches? Oh, well, yeah. They uh, picture I was working on down there. They actually gave us uh, the company gave it, all the employees. Uh, a letter telling us not to mess with the witches. Oh, sorry. Don't mess with the witches. <laughs> and uh, basically, and uh, they didn't want any bad vibes or anything going on. Yeah. And there, there was a couple that followed the company around. It was a little spooky. But yeah, yeah they definitely said, do not mess with the witches. Yeah. That's uh, that good enough for me. Yep. <laughs> Don't have to tell me again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did they look like witches or are they just. Well, the, the one that kept showing up, I mean, we'd be. She'd be at this one location, and we'd move locations, go two miles away, and she'd be there. And it's like, wait a minute, weren't you just over there? <laughs> so I don't creepy. know. Don't know how she got there that quick. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see the broom, so I don't have any idea yeah, that she got there that quick. It's still up her ass. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any uh, any like scary things that you can remember from shooting? Any of that stuff? Not that stuff particularly, but just in general. Just, yeah, I mean, you never knew what was going on. We were downtown one time. Uh, we were dressed as police officers, and I don't remember what the show was, but we were L.A. dressed up just like L.A. police officers. And they come and gathered us all up and made us get in this building. They'd seen somebody down the street carrying a an AK-47 or whatever it was, an assault yeah. rifle. Uh and so they hit us and called real cops to come see what the guy was doing. But, you know, you don't know. Was he looking to shoot police officers or, you know, yeah, you don't know. Dang. Uh, it's amazing how much you stand out in one of those uniforms. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like, did you ever get mistaken for a police officer while you were dressed up? We, uh, yeah, we were working on a. A show of a friend of mine, uh, stunt guy Greg Elam, and I were standing there. We're both police officers, and somebody from uh, the neighborhood came up, and he thought we were the. They always have police with the company to yeah. to police the company, uh, <laughs> and he comes up and he asks Greg. He says, "He says, well, what's the movie?" And Greg tells him, and he goes, "Oh, who's in it?" And Greg tells him the couple stars, and he goes. And Greg Elam and Grady Walker, and the guy goes, no kidding. He <laughs> says, I watch all their movies. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's, 
That's kind of a music industry thing. Like, oh, yeah, I know him. Totally. Yeah. Yep. That's, he's my best friend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> I try not to do that. <laughs> it always feels gross. I mean, like, sometimes you just feel like you have to. Though. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the weird thing about this business is sometimes you do feel like a name dropper. Yeah. But how do you tell them who you're working with without telling right. them who you're working with? Yeah. You know, I mean, it gets to be kind of... Kind yeah. of weird. Yeah. Uh, how would you define? So there's a there's a term in Nashville called a germ. Yeah. What is a germ? Uh, it probably gets used way too much. But it, yeah, it's a hard one to describe. But that guy that probably has no purpose to be around you or talking to you, but he's he's germing you. He's yeah. trying to get information. Trying to get weasel his way into something you know it's yeah. uh so i mean that's there's a legitimate part of that and then there's the the germ part of it the you, you don't want to yep. be the germ you know yeah and it seems like name dropping kind of comes into play where they well that's when saying, that's when oh, i know this person and this person and yeah like, yeah sure you do yeah and even if you do they realize that you shouldn't be doing that yeah. you know uh and and i know people that do that uh unnecessarily you know and especially that was the great thing about this town is you know pretty big stars can walk down the street or go to eat and nobody bothers them you know yeah. and uh historically you know we got a lot of people from out of town moving in yeah so that's that's all kind of changing but so everybody's used to being around these people and then you know nobody needs to hear that you know yeah. oh you know me and so and so yeah we went <laughs> well i know blah 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 yeah, yeah i know him too so what <laughs> my favorite line is we used to say this about a guy because he kind of said this he'd be talking about any star and they go oh yeah he knows me <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah elvis he knows me he knows me yep <laughs> Said I know him. He said, "Yeah, he knows he me." He knows me. Yep. <laughs> so I had a buddy who would every time he would leave, he'd be like, "I glad glad you got to see me." Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, that's the way I am. I'm glad you got to see me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the attitude you have to have in the, in the entertainment industry. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, well, yeah. that's back to like almost the attitude in in rodeo too. I mean, you yeah. gotta you gotta walk in with that presence, like you are somebody. Yeah. Not that you're begging to be somebody, that you are somebody. Yep. And that's hard to do. I think I've done that a little too... Uh, <laughs> successfully? <laughs> successfully, yeah. I, I went into a session to do uh, background vocals for... I forgot who it was. And uh, I was back in the, in, the, uh, uh, in the console room and just hanging out. And I guess I looked like I knew what I was doing a little bit too much. So uh, Dave Mustaine, uh, yeah. the guitar player, ex-guitar player from uh, Metallica, from Metallica uh, I think he's a guitar player for Megadeth now, uh, came up to me and he was like, "Hey, he's, uh, I'm Dave. Uh, what do you what do you do?" And I was like, "Oh, I'm here doing background vocals." And he goes, "Oh," and just turned around and like walked away from me. <laughs> I was, I was uh. like, "That was one of the most validating things I think I've ever." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh, singer. Mm. <laughs> not a producer. I'm not a. Yep. I don't. I don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not important enough for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know him, and, and you never know what was on his mind or where he was well, going from. But I've had those sort of incidences, like just kind of. Oh. oh. Well, 
Not important. Nice talking to you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Oh, man. I don't know. That's something that Michael McDonald would never do. Like, he would walk up to somebody and they'd oh. be like, I'm a janitor. And he'd be like, oh, cool. And yeah. start talking to him. <laughs> yeah. He would never even probably get as far as being a janitor. Yeah. yeah. You know, he, he's, he's definitely not a class. He doesn't Classist. put people in class places. You know, they, yeah. everybody's just kind of in one big lump. And yeah. That's what we do. Got to take care of the world and love each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a, I, it, and back to that again. I mean, he he really is really lucky to to be associated with him. I I could work for a lot of people that would be a real pain in the ass. And yeah, even when right. things have gone pretty wrong, he's still a good guy. Yeah, you know, it's still you know he figures a way through it. You yeah, know? I mean. He just kind of takes life as it comes. <laughs> so everything that you've learned uh, in the past like 40 years or so, is there any kind of lessons that you would either want to teach the younger generations or that you wish you had learned when you were just starting all this? Well, I mean, if anything, probably listen and believe in yourself. You know, yeah. uh, you end up trying to, especially in this business or in the entertainment business, you end up trying to please everybody else, which is is a must. I mean, you you have to please people, but if you're if it's not pleasing you, you're probably not pleasing them. Yeah. You know, you're probably not giving them the product or giving them what they want. I find just try to be do your thing and find your niche that the, makes you happy. That makes you happy and figure out a way to make it work. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it seems like you uh, you lived a couple of different kinds of lives. It's been a pretty interesting ride. It it is, and it it is weird when I think about it. Yeah. Like I said earlier, that it all kind of coincided with each other. They all existed at the same time. Yeah. But it was just always sort of strange, you know. Yeah. <laughs> the grew up on the on the ranch, and of course, when you're growing up, you think. Uh, you think everybody lives that way. You don't realize that they don't. You know? Yeah. Uh, so that was maybe my first awakening. But uh, I always had the horse thing in my life. You know, I still do. I've got one in the backyard right now. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> so I guess I'm cursed with that. <laughs> cursed with horses. <laughs> cursed with it. Yes. Curses. Yeah. That's, well, it's awesome. So well, thanks for uh kind of uh, letting me into uh, your life and asking questions and stuff it's a uh, well you're welcome people you should be able to fall asleep real easy listen oh, yeah. to this <laughs> you're not going to miss no, anything you've you had just... a really interesting life that's why I wanted to do this <laughs> so, oh, but, well, uh, thank you for asking me yeah well thanks for doing this and, um, yeah we'll talk again soon alrighty alright alright that was Grady Walker uh, engineer writer uh, singer, bass player, uh, actor, everything you can think of. Uh, one of my favorite dudes. Uh, thank you for listening. Make sure to go to my website at whataworldpodcast.com. And while you're there, you can sign up for the e-newsletter, which comes with a free uh, three minutes less stress meditation that I came up with. 
and have utilized throughout the years uh, doing my own work. Thanks again for listening, and uh, I hope everybody has a wonderful day, and I will talk to you next week.